0: Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes, who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs, choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian, I'm on the phone with Ashvin, and today we are talking about The Devil's Rejects from 2005, directed and written by Rob Zombie, starring Sid Haig, Sherry Moon Zombie, Bill Mosley, and William Forsyth. In this movie, three psychotic outlaws take to the road to outrun a sheriff who is willing to do whatever it takes to bring them to justice. And this movie is the conclusion of our sequel, September. It's been a fun ride, Ashwin. I've, I've enjoyed, for the most part, all the movies we watched. Yeah, me too. There were
1: some really interesting picks this time. And uh, actually, yeah, that reminds me, I think at the end of this episode, it'd be great to just kind of like do a wrap up and get your thoughts on uh, some of the movies that we did this month.
0: Oh, all right. Sounds good. Uh, and shout out to our buddy, Blake, who's been waiting all month for this episode specifically.
1: Oh, that was Blake that uh, that put this one on the radar
0: yeah i mean he's i don't know if he put it on the radar or not but he's a he's a big rob zombie fan so yeah he's been excited for this one i think you've been promising it for a while right yeah and i was like i kept mentioning it as like synonymous with us doing the sequel september and then we waited till the last nice grand last possible moment to do it yep dude this is i feel like we've been watching a lot of crime
1: type movies right Oh, yeah, like, you'd compare this, like, uh, Dusk Till Dawn and, like, Exorcist Dusk 3. Dusk Till Dawn, Exorcist 3, yeah.
0: Yeah. This is probably more like Dusk Till Dawn, like, also, like, an Outlaws on the Run type movie. Sure.
1: Yeah, that's a really interesting cross-section of horror, like, the the, the scary versus the, the criminal, uh, and, like, yeah, being being with, like, these guys, like, murderers on the road.
0: Interesting, too, because so many movies are like that, where you're, like, on the side of the outlaws, yeah. but this one's, like... Okay, you want to be on these people's side. Here's what it entails: like, yeah, they're really bad people, and you see all the bad things they do in vivid detail.
1: Oh yeah, see, so you feel like the the this movie was trying to put you in their shoes and like kind of make it, uh, make you kind of, um, I don't know, like uh, relate to them.
0: I think so a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, they get so much more screen time than any. If you think about horror movie franchises that have sequels where the only tie is the villain or Mm -hmm. villains, those villains don't really get that much screen time. Like, you know, Michael Myers isn't in the movie that much. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah,
1: they're kind of like ominous figures in the background that you're supposed to be scared of. Uh, I almost feel like spending too much time with the villains kind of takes some of the scare away from them, which is is interesting about these few movies that uh, are all about the villains. Right, right. Yeah, it's a different approach. Um, what do you think, like, compared to, like, a typical crime drama or thriller, like, what do you think, uh, divides the line between those versus these ones, which are more in the horror category?
0: I think going into vivid detail and gore. Yeah, the gore element, for sure. Yeah, I mean, these movies are kind of meant to disturb. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel
1: like the scenes, like, kind of hang longer than you typically would imagine them, to.
0: Right. Right, and that. there's a lot more implied, like, on a typical, like, and I don't know, i I'll confess, I haven't seen that many of these movies, like a Bonnie and Clyde type of movie. I think I saw that at one point, but I don't remember it much. Mm -hmm. There might be more insinuations of the things they do, or it's shown, but it's really neat and clean and tidy, and in a movie like this, you see every every (laughs) last detail and how far they're willing to go. Yeah, yeah.
1: That kind of seems like Rob Zombie's like mo. He loves to like kind of push boundaries on uh, the visuals and like what he's showing on camera. Like even, even this one, uh, it it sounds like it was like a, a stretch to like get it down to like an R rating.
0: Right, right. And I think specifically one scene in a hotel room was the uh, culprit. Yeah, yeah. For the most rough. part, and that hotel sequence kind of reminded me a lot of Dusk Till Dawn as well. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Right. They they uh, meet up in a hotel too, or a motel.
0: Yeah. Yep. There were a few. Um, a few over, I almost wondered if he was inspired by Dusk Till Dawn a little bit, because there's some mm-hmm. overlaps. Like that was a movie written by Robert Kurtzman. Well, the story was written by Robert Kurtzman. Yeah, um, and Kurt- Kurtzman did the visual effects for this movie. Oh, interesting. And then, uh, you know, the screenplay was done by Quentin Tarantino and it was directed by Robert Rodriguez. And then in Grindhouse, which was Tarantino and Rodriguez, remember they had those fake trailers and Rob Zombie did one of them. Yeah. So I kind of wondered if he ran with that crew and was maybe a little bit influenced by that movie.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard to imagine he wouldn't have been. Yeah. But Grindhouse uh, came after this or like around the same time? I think after this, right?
0: It came after this I believe yeah but okay. I, that would just be an example of you know him yeah. being in contact with these guys Yeah yeah uh, that makes sense um
1: did you see a comparison like i feel like um the texas chainsaw massacre obviously was like a big influence for rob zombie uh and and this film uh i feel like the chemistry that the first and the second movie had for texas chainsaw massacre is kind of similar because this one also you have very two very different movies in a way and like one's obviously more comedic uh one's more like darker and serious did you notice any overlap between these ones
0: yeah, and I almost felt like Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two was maybe a bit of an influence on these movies as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. He yeah. never mentions that, or at least I haven't seen him mention that. Maybe he does, but um you have a little overlap there too, with uh Bill Mosley who plays Otis in this being from Right. Being Chop Top from T C M two. Right, right. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely saw a lot of comparisons there. Um hey Bill Mosley, how many movies has that guy done? Uh, I don't know, man. Is it oh. a lot? <laughs> yeah. I thought it, <laughs> I thought it was like ninety movies or something. I mean if you look at his Wikipedia, it's just like three columns of movies. Like it's not even organized in like a typical filmography way. It's it's really Oh really? really
0: mm, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I mean a lot of these people are kind of like not necessarily household names to the average person, but they have been, you know, working actors for quite a long time. Sure yeah yeah I mean uh Bill Mosley. he he goes back to the he wasn't in the first uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre was he uh yeah he was oh Oh, I mean oh no I'm sorry no he wasn't not in the first Texas Chainsaw I was thinking you were asking if he was in House of a Thousand Corpses Uh, no just the second one
1: okay okay but yeah that's also like a 20 30 year career at least right
0: yeah yeah for sure yeah um (laughs) I feel like talking about the characters in this movie it kind of feels like Baby's Butt is a separate character of the movie. Sherry <laughs> Moon Zombies Butt. You feel like we saw enough of that. <laughs> like I mean, it was it was in like every fourth scene. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and that's uh, that's Rob Zombie's wife, right? Yeah, yeah. Damn, you must really like that bite. She's been in uh, everything he's ever every movie he's ever directed. Wow. Okay. Uh, that's cool. And and they got, I think they were married before he did like House of a Thousand Corpses, right? I believe so. I think like right before.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What did do? And
1: she's also in the Halloween son that he's done?
0: Yep. Yeah. She's, so all the movies he's done, I think, are House of a Thousand Corpses, Werewolf, oh no, Werewolf Woman of the SS was that fake trailer from Grindhouse. Right. Uh, and there's Halloween, Halloween 2, The Lords of Salem, 31, and 3 from Hell. Do you think uh, we get to see her butt in all those movies? I'm I'm guessing I would guess the majority of them. We'll find yeah. out.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to find out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so this movie had a budget of seven million, box office of twenty one million. So okay, return I suppose. Right. I could see this being another thing that did really well on the DVD sales. Right. Yeah. It's it's a, it seems like a less of
1: a commercial success than House of a Thousand Corpses.
0: Uh, I think so, though I can't quite remember what the numbers looked like for House of a Thousand Corpses.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking uh, because like House of a Thousand Corpses has like that whole Universal Studio ride, and I just feel
0: like it's a bigger name compared to this movie. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah. Um, did you notice a lot of uh, other horror regulars in this movie? um i don't think some of them may have been more obvious than others no i
1: mean i I don't think i recognize anyone outside of like who was in the first one but uh who else um the
0: pimp was played by ken foray from dawn of the dead oh oh cool the original dawn of the dead yep yep and then his like associate or whatever was played by michael berryman from the original house on haunted hill house on haunted hill my god uh the hills (laughs) have (laughs) eyes damn that's awesome And then, do you remember when Sid Haig, like, punches a mom and, like, steals the car with her kid in it? Yeah, the station wagon? Yeah, that was PJ Soles, who played Linda in the original Halloween. Oh, cool. She was the one whose boyfriend, you know, went downstairs for a beer. Yeah, one of your favorite scenes. Yeah. Damn. Uh, that's, that's pretty deep. That's cool he's pulling these people
1: in from, like, yeah, it sounds like a lot of 80s stuff. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, Yeah. There's not too much background. Oh, speaking of other horror movie people, the stunt coordinator was Kane Hodder, who played Jason in quite a few of the Friday the 13th movies. Oh, cool. He was off camera on this one? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. 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 And and so this was uh, Rob Zombie's second film, I think, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. House of Thousand Corpses was in 2003, and then, yeah, this one. Yep. Like, a few years later. Uh, I mean, it doesn't seem like he has a... Well, I guess he does have a pretty significant, like, filmography. He's done i don't know what what would you say like 10 films or something
0: yeah uh seven maybe
1: seven okay and uh at at least his first two seemed to like coincide with uh his like solo album releases too so he kind of had this music career going on while he's doing this stuff which is interesting
0: yeah and speaking of music man the uh well the score to this was really good he didn't do the score but the soundtrack was great yeah i loved it man yeah Uh, i listened to it quite a few times afterwards actually yeah,
1: I, I don't think, like, in the first one, was it mostly him doing the music?
0: Yeah, I, th- I don't remember much of a soundtrack to the first one, not to say there wasn't one, but it was scored by him and one other dude, I think. Yeah. This one was scored by Tyler Bates, who's done quite a lot. He did Watchmen, Guardians of the Galaxy, Deadpool 2, a lot of big names.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, I could totally f- feel a big difference between the sound in this one versus the first one.
0: Yeah. Um, Uh, I wasn't really deep into the horror scene when this movie came out, but it won a lot of the, uh, Fangoria Chainsaw Awards that year. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. That, That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Cleaned up. Um,
1: oh, sorry. This is your, this is your first time seeing this one, right? Right. Had you seen it before? No, I didn't see it before. Okay. Um, did you read that it came out on something called dual disc?
0: Yeah. With like some of the special... Oh, wait, what was on the other side of the disc? Special I, features or something?
1: Uh, my understanding of dual disc is like one side is DVD, the other side is like a CD or something. Or maybe on one side you can uh, like it works both as a DVD and then you could also throw it in a CD player and, you, and then you hear the soundtrack or something.
0: Oh, yeah, I think you're right.
1: Pretty pretty amazing concept.
0: Yeah. Oh, this is somewhat topical and kind of sad. The uh, Firefly Ranch mm-hmm. um, was used as a setting for various other films and tv it was destroyed by wildfires in 2016 ah bummer uh where is it was it like california
1: or what was that at? yeah it was in california ah okay yeah um this is like uh this this whole series is it a trilogy
0: yeah i think it's kind of known as the firefly trilogy or franchise got it and and the last one is that the
1: three from hell or whatever from hell yeah okay um yeah so we'll have to tackle that at some point too yeah, yeah, that's that's cool, and it's all about this Firefly family, I guess that's like the connecting thread.
0: Yeah, and I don't know anything about that, so I'm interested to see how it transitions to that from this one. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, well, I, I mean, aren't the main characters in this one all Firefly? Yeah, yep. But yeah, more backstory, I guess, about them or something? Yeah, maybe?
0: yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know where they go from here. Yep, yeah, I agreed. It'd be interesting to see. Cool. Well, if there's no other background, should I hit our Ohio connection? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. Our Ohio connection is from our friend Alex. Uh, Alex connects every movie to our home state of Ohio for us, and he also owns the Jukebox Bar and Restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio. So if you're in that area, swing by. You can pick up some beer, wine, or food from your car. They also have outdoor seating on their patio. Uh, And I just saw they have Beyond Burgers. Have you ever tried those, Asheron? Um, no, I think I've tried the impossible not to be on, have you? Uh, yeah, I don't think I've told you this, but I've been a vegetarian for like the past six months. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Wow, that's, that's
1: big, uh, big news, man. I'm surprised we haven't talked about this.
0: Yeah, I'm a pretty big, uh,
1: historically meat eater, but. Yeah. Well, we did have that episode where we got into like your, your love affair with beans historically. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Could have seen this coming, I guess. Uh. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, Beyond Burger, that's it's pretty good. Yeah, it's
0: it's really good, man. You should cool. try it. All right, I'll give it a shot. All right. Anyway, Alex says, Much like other Rob Zombie films, The Devil's Rejects falls into the category of hillbilly horror, a genre I personally can't stomach. This film has many <laughs> familiar faces, such as Sid Haig, William Forsyth, and former WCW and WWF wrestler Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, that dude, this is the dude who was uh, like Danny Trejo's buddy
1: oh right yep
0: yeah uh alex says although nagging injuries forced page into early retirement he has since launched launched a massively successful yoga and wellness platform called ddp yoga he has influenced millions in this practice and now travels the world as a motivational speaker He teaches people how to live life at 90% because he believes life is about 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. Hmm. In March 2019, he was featured as the keynote for the broadcast speaker series at Ohio State University in Columbus, Ohio. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And we learned a little bit about Diamond Dallas Page there too. Thanks, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: great. Good. Good mentality. You agree with that 90-10 rule there?
0: Um sure yeah maybe <laughs> maybe 80 20 80 20 yeah yeah that sounds all right uh yeah um, hey
1: oh go ahead sorry no you go oh the whole uh, hillbilly genre thing we didn't really uh hit on that but um are you a fan of that genre
0: i'm starting to become more more so but i agree with alex at first i really couldn't stomach this genre but i'm starting to like it more
1: yeah i can't tell if we're watching like better hillbilly movies um but yeah i feel like i'm stomach it a little stomaching it a little better
0: Yeah. Um, I never know if I'm stepping on Alex's toes when I do this, but another connection I found. So Robert Kurtzman, he split off from K&B in like 2001 or something like that Mm -hmm. uh, as an effects company, and he started his own now defunct company called Precinct 13. Cool. And that's who did the visual effects for this movie, that company, and the company is based in his hometown of Crestline, Ohio.
1: Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. A special effects company that's based out of Ohio,
0: yeah, that's where he lives. So okay. he just, you know, it was incorporated out of his home. I'm sure most of the work was done elsewhere, but yeah, yeah,
1: that's pretty cool. Yeah, good connection.
0: Uh, all right, well, now that we've bored our 90% non Ohio listeners, are you ready <laughs> to uh move on and start? Yeah, you think that 90 10 also holds up? It's maybe about 99 one, <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Let's let's get to all right. it all right cool let's get into the plot and we're gonna spoil some stuff so if you haven't seen this movie you can dip out now uh before we keep going man i'm actually pretty exhausted do you mind if i just go to bed and we continue this in the morning sure sure yeah get some rest all right thanks buddy i'll call you in the morning we'll pick this right back up sounds good all right man I'm back hey you feeling refreshed yeah I'm feeling for the most part pretty refreshed I had a really weird dream oh yeah yeah <laughs> you and I were having sex and then you murdered me
1: oh man <laughs> I had that same dream last night too
0: yeah <laughs> yeah not the yeah. worst dream ever
1: yeah I know <laughs> I think it means something though uh <laughs> I don't know man we'll just uh just be on the lookout I guess just <laughs> <laughs> for
0: either getting murdered or sexed yeah yeah
1: yeah i don't know it's uh,
0: worse i really enjoyed that the, the like intro to captain spaulding character is that he's having sex with some attractive woman and then he wakes up next yeah. to another woman and she's like he's like screaming because the dream at the end of the dream she like kills him and right, she's right. like bad dream and he's like yeah 50 50 <laughs>
1: Uh, hey, that woman that he had that dream about, uh, Who? she doesn't come back later in the movie or anything?
0: I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure that was. Yeah. All right, so this movie takes place in 1978, a few months after the events of House of a Thousand Corpses, which I was surprised by. I kind of forgot that movie took place in the past.
1: Yeah, I totally thought this was like a present day
0: movie, but that makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the police are arriving in droves to the Firefly Ranch to arrest them for upwards of 75 murders, and there is a massive shootout. The family dons makeshift body armor and kind of makes some pretty ballsy moves, and it's just like going at it with the cops. Uh, Baby's brother gets shot and killed, and her mom like runs out to save him and gets arrested. Otis and Baby are the only two who make it out alive. They escape through a hidden passage. So now they're on the road and on the run. And what did you think of this opening scene, man? This shootout at the Firefly uh, Ranch.
1: Yeah, I thought it was like visually pretty cool. Like, felt very like Western style, and like the graphics were great. The way it was shot, uh, I feel like there was like some shaky hand camera stuff going on, which was fun. Uh, pre- pretty good. What What did you think?
0: Yeah, I thought it was really cool cinematography. It was kind of a nice mix of dialogue and action too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you get people saying a badass line here or there, or just kind of character type building stuff yeah yeah this is like kind of where they introduced that
1: sheriff right Yep. he's pretty cool it did I, I also liked the uh the get-ups that the the brothers wore that like metal thing does that work in a shootout i don't
0: know how good metal really works against bullets okay well we'll find out next time we're hanging out i guess yeah <laughs> yeah um i'm gonna be
1: wearing it anyway in case you try to have sex with me <laughs> yeah brace yourself uh yeah. hey um also there's there's a scene here uh, right before that shootout where you see the tiny guy from from the beginning from the first film dragging a body right Are we to that's assume kind that, of important yeah do we assume that this is like picking up right after the first one uh i thought it was a little like a few months after or something oh okay okay so that's like some random body that we don't really know of
0: yeah maybe i'm not i'm not sure okay by the way, Tiny was played by Matthew McCrory, who died shortly after this was released, like a month later. Yeah, and he was he was like a giant dude, right? Yeah, and he like often was cast as a giant in movies. Yeah. So the DVD was dedicated to him.
1: Right, right.
0: Um so now they're on the road. Uh and it very much like as the credits roll, they're playing Midnight Rider, who I can't remember who that who sings that song, but it's like, you know, that Southern rock rambling man type vibe. Yeah. So it gives you that Outlaws movie vibe, like a Bonnie and Clyde thing. Right. Um, and Tiny, or not Tiny, Baby and Otis call Captain Spaulding to warn him that the cops are coming for him, and they tell them to meet him at a local hotel. And while they're at this hotel, Baby and Otis take a family hostage, or like a family band, they're all adults, Mm-hmm. And they kill one of them, and they just kind of mess with the rest of them in their hotel room. Yeah, really And this them. is when, like, at first you're like, all right, I'm on the run. Like, I'm on board with this outlaw vibe. Like, I'm kind of on the side of this family. And then it just gets really disturbing. Uh There's, like, a sexual assault. And they're just, like, kind of torturing these people medically, mentally and physically. Yeah, yeah, this was really rough. I mean, they, they basically molest that woman. Yeah. Um and yeah, they're doing some pretty messed up things. Yeah, I think that that scene was—I think two minutes were cut out of it for the theatrical release, but I think right. they may have been added back to the version we watched. I think so. Yeah, it's yeah. back in the DVD.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, this—uh, uh, like this—this this is like some of the most like intense, uh, violence like what, happening in like a small space, and like uh, I don't know, like, did it
0: feel like very shocking to you or or scary? yeah yeah i mean not shocking because it's a rob zombie movie and i expected it but disturbing for sure yeah
1: that's the thing like uh, I, th- I think his style like um both of these guys otis and baby like they're kind of like laughing and joking the whole time but they're, they're doing these like really messed up things to these people and uh i don't know if you get like the full effect of like what's happening because of like some of the way they're acting is a little more goofier
0: right i i kind of like this like i'm tempted to call it like a thought experiment like okay like western culture is so interested in these stories about outlaws even ones who've done some bad things sure but then like how far are you willing to go and still be on the side of the villains like yeah this whole movie seems to be structured around like these are your people yeah uh how how long are you gonna hang with them and like it's interesting to push the line there a little bit and i you know this one is different than House of a Thousand Corpses to me because you've got this sheriff character that you can side with as well. And he's the closest right. thing to a real character in either of these two movies to me.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. He's like pretty well built out and got a great, great persona. Um, that's interesting that, that, like, you think um, as a viewer, you're supposed to be like kind of siding or like uh, relating to like the, the those two, uh, Otis and Baby. Uh, you don't feel like they're painted as villains the entire time?
0: I think they are painted, I think they're painted as, like, anti-heroes. Oh, okay. Which, which part's the hero's part? Oh, yeah, I guess we'll get to that. I think it's just how much time you spend with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess. that's, you know, in the first one, you almost spend more time with them than the, the kids, you know? I think you probably do. And Zombie well, himself has said, like, I know nobody cares about the kids. Like, I don't expect the viewers to care about these kids. Right, right. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a cool shift on this
0: one. It's kind of all about these uh, this family. Yeah. That's cool. Um, one thing about this scene that, like, s- something that really stuck out to me was that Sherry Moon, baby, was, like, blowing on one of the women the whole time, mm-hmm. just, like, annoyingly. Yeah. And I just, like, I've heard a lot of people complain that her acting is really bad. Oh really? <laughs> I think she's kind of perfect for this part, though. Like something about yeah. that. Like I don't know if that was scripted or something she chose to do, but it was just like, <laughs> yeah, you kind of know her. Like I yeah, yeah 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 I agree. It's
1: it's like random enough or like silly enough uh, that I, I feel like it's like perfectly in place with their character.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like silly, annoying, and like psychotic all at the same time. It was just like a nice touch on this really yeah. messed up scene.
1: Yeah, I didn't know people had took issue with uh, her her acting. I thought she's Yeah, I mean, I,
0: I see it on Twitter all the time. Oh, okay. Mostly for this movie or in general? Uh, in general. I, oh, okay. I, you know, and she's she doesn't do much acting aside from zombie movies, so. Yeah. Be, Z- Rob Zombie's a really polarizing director in general. Sure, yeah. Um, So they end up, sooner or later, killing everybody. Two of the dudes try to overthrow Otis, and he kills them he cuts off one of their faces and puts it on his wife when he returns back to the hotel room yeah. where baby's already killed the other women. Total and total
1: Texas Chainsaw
0: vibes, right? Yeah, TCM2 for sure. And yeah. and like then they take it even further because later on a cleaning woman finds the whole bloody scene, and this woman who's got the face on her is still alive in there. Uh and then she just flees out of the room, going crazy, running around, sprinting with this face on her face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's kind of disoriented and runs out into the street and gets hit by a truck.
1: Yeah. Again, very similar, right? To,
0: to Yeah. It was on. pretty similar to that weird scene where Stretch had the face on her face and she, her hands were bound, so she was trying to reach up and take it off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even the whole uh,
1: storyline here where you have like this, uh, it's based off the sheriff who's like the brother of someone who got killed in the first one. Um, that's also like very similar to Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, isn't it? Isn't there like a cop who's like also looking for like someone who killed his, I guess his family member?
0: Yeah, that's true. Like Franklin and us, um, the other, the girl were his niece and nephew.
1: Yeah, yeah. So kind of like that sheriff with the family connection is coming after them.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, throughout this whole thing, I think, we've been cutting to Sheriff Wydell questioning mother Firefly, who's been taken into custody. Um, and she eventually, as Ashwin said, reveals to the sheriff via pictures that she's kept in their like murder diaries that they killed his brother. Oh, and okay, he yeah. gets really pissed and his brother comes to him in a dream and tells them to just kill them all. Right. So he's gone from like sheriff and trying to bring these people to justice via the law to like vigilante justice like no longer planned by the book so he comes back into her jail cell and stabs her
1: i what'd you think of that transformation
0: um i liked it and you could kind of see it the whole time yeah yeah that's He's what just I was like say. a good old boy type southern dude yeah but but yeah you I can tell from not like the acting of mother Fly- firefly though <laughs> she like was over... way over the top yeah 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 she was way over the top
1: I agree, Uh, but yeah, because I I think from the beginning the sheriff, like he's like really angry, and could tell like he's very passionate about like getting these guys, and it's cool to see him like just kind of flip here and like basically abandon like the idea of going by the law anymore, and he's just gonna go out for blood.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean regardless of how you feel about these characters and your affection for them, they're like human garbage. (laughs) Yeah, done horrible. It's implied that they tend to sexually assault their victims too. Yeah, yep. Um, so the sheriff ends up hiring Danny Trejo and another dude, who um, the Diamond Dallas Page, who are bounty hunters, to find out what they can about these criminals so that he can track them. And this leads him to Ken Foray's character, who's a pimp, and his associate, Michael Berryman, who are friends of the Fireflies, and he threatens Foray if he doesn't help trap them like it's his ass. Mm-hmm. And so he seems to know that they're planning to take refuge at Ken Foray's whorehouse tonight. Yep. Yep. Um, and there's another cool siege scene here as these bounty hunters and the sheriff descend on this house of, I feel like there's probably a more (laughs) PC third wave feminism (laughs) way to say whorehouse, but I don't know what it
1: is. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Establishment for uh, entertainment. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) sex employment Uh, center. (laughs) That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there, it's kind of a slow motion scene. Like Trejo pops out of nowhere and like slits the throat of one of these sex workers, um, and, and which is kind of a bummer. She's not really involved. I didn't know why that had to happen. I know it was unfortunate to see the the workers
1: there get killed, but all of this was like set to kind of like an upbeat like song. Like there was no uh um like sound or anything right from what was happening.
0: Yeah, yeah. Kind what like a montage. was that song? I can't remember. It was definitely a montage. Yeah, um, it it was well done too.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think there are a few of these in the movie where it's just like something really violent's happening, but there's like this beautiful song playing.
0: I feel that, like you like, can see Rob Zombie's work directing music videos mm-hmm. in both this and House of a Thousand Corpses. It's like yeah. kind of montagey.
1: Yeah, but yeah, he he's definitely got an eye out for like like combining great music with with
0: visuals. Yeah, he's got a knack for that for sure. Yeah. Um. So the sheriff gets in uh it's revealed that Foray has helped them um he ties all three of them to chairs and is torturing them uh, otis captain spaulding and baby mm-hmm. he sets a fire and sets baby free so he can hunt her down while the other two are left there to burn presumably mm-hmm. uh which why would you set baby free on her own property where they know there's like trap doors and shit it's just a uh. dumb move to me
1: Oh, this was their own property. I thought this was like some abandoned like farmhouse or something.
0: Yeah, this was back on the Firefly Ranch. In... Oh, wait a minute.
1: Yeah. Oh, had... Okay.
0: I ju- I missed something. But after the the sex employment center, he takes them to the back to the ranch. I believe. Oh, that's their own ranch. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure. I'm pretty okay. sure that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. I'm pretty sure. Maybe.
1: <laughs> you sound pretty confident. <laughs>
0: yeah uh about as confident as i am that sex employment center is the appropriate (laughs) term for a whorehouse i think so so he chases baby down he at some point here she finds ken for and he's like i'm sorry like i had to do it he's come back to try to help them but uh the sheriff shoots baby he starts whipping her he's kind of torturing her and he's about to kill her when she's saved by by tiny who love, you know, we they, haven't seen from the beginning right right we haven't seen him he hasn't been a part of the movie at all except for the very first shot of this movie he then goes inside the house sets the guys free watches them all drive away and then re-enters the burning house do you know why he re-entered the burning house no i don't i don't i don't know if it was just because he thought he was gonna get caught and felt like he should go down with the ship or what
1: hmm okay this yeah. was a
0: bit of like, uh, these endings kind of disturbed me. And I, I think we talked about this a bit in satanic panic, not disturb, but bother me. I think it's called a uh, deus ex machina, like God from the machine, like a, something out of nowhere comes and saves the characters and that it doesn't oh. happen through their own agency at all. Yeah. Like some new
1: elements that uh, he, wasn't there before.
0: Yeah. Like we yeah. saw a tiny, but like, yeah, it feels a little cheap that, that he came back out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. I guess you're right. It's kind of weird that he just kind of showed up and saves the day. Yeah. Um. You don't think he walks into the house like that? That wasn't like uh, done. Well, I guess after because yeah, he he like passed away after this movie was shot, and that wasn't like them like giving him like an end end to his character or anything.
0: Um. No, because they would have had to go back and like it was like a month after the theatrical release. I don't think mm. they could have done that. Oh. Okay. Okay. Um, And then the very last scene In the movie Is entirely in slow motion I think Freebird is playing the whole time <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Baby Otis and Captain Spalding Are driving on the open road in a convertible Baby and Captain are asleep in the back They hit a police blockade And Otis wakes the two of them up and hands them guns And they drive at the cops Just shooting And we see all of them get shot multiple times And we presume they all die and that's right. the end of the movie. Yeah. What did you was, think about this?
1: Uh, that that last scene? Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was amazing. Like uh, the, the way, because before they hit the cops, like they keep kind of like doing flashbacks, like all two of them, like happily, like hanging out. Uh, mm. Like, yeah, almost like these like happy memories or something. I, I don't know what was going on there. Yeah. But it was then, like a
0: super eight home video type thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. With Freebird going on in the back. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, um, but then like, I, you know, i am kind of happy to see them like, uh, cause you think they're getting away and like, that's kind of how like the first one ends too, like with them getting away. And so it's kind of nice to see, um, them like kind of getting what was due to them, but I don't know. What, what did you think?
0: I, you know what? I'm just realizing I forgot to mention tiny killed the sheriff. I don't know if I've mentioned that or not. Oh, oh right. he saved a baby. Um, I thought this was I think on paper it could have been a cool ending, but it was kind of like too much of a good thing. Like yeah, slow motion the entire time, like five or 10 minutes of slow motion. <laughs> uh, it was just kind of a silly yeah. over-dramatized way to do it with the flashbacks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and was, not like for one moment dropping out of slow motion. Yeah, it was super I just felt out. it was like really rubbing your nose in the like glorified yeah. ending of these yeah of these like you know there was no nuance to it
1: <laughs> it was like a 10 minute going out in, in flames thing yeah, but, yeah yeah
0: exactly with freebird, yeah. like, it was just like very in your in your face yeah
1: pretty over the top for sure yeah uh, but were you happy to like that, that they got killed or supposedly were murdered
0: yeah I mean as much as there were times where I felt like attached to them as characters even though they were doing horrible things like just the style and the a little bit of humor to them as well. Yeah. Um, I did kind of want them to die for what they had done. Yeah, right, right.
1: I, I thought that was a really interesting thing about this film is like they, they're you're really like messed up uh, individuals, right? And like you're supposed to hate them. They're like torturing these people in a motel. And then like the second half is almost like them under attack by this like sheriff who's going after them. And yeah, I guess I wasn't sure how you're supposed to feel like are you supposed to feel like at the end like vindicated or like you're supposed to be like on their side and like hoping they'll get away um, so it's interesting you also kind of were, you know, pining for their death.
0: Right. And they blur the lines with the hero, with the main character, or as yeah. close to a main character, a traditional main character as you have when the sheriff just stops playing by the rules.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like, are, who are you supposed to be rooting for in that situation? I, I was kind of on the sheriff's side, but what about you? Yeah. Sheriff's side. Yeah. Yeah. These are pretty awful people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think killing. A few awful people is worse than 75 innocent people.
1: <laughs> yeah. Was that the total body count on this one?
0: Um, I think they had said somewhere in the movie that they had like killed upwards of 75 people, like on the news or whatever. Wouldn't it have been closer
1: to 1,000 since that was like the title of the first one?
0: <laughs> I think it was just hyperbole.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: Surrounding to the nearest thousand. Yeah.
1: Makes sense. Um, Up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of this movie, man? Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of the visuals are super cool in this and, and the use of music. Uh, and yeah, even though like some of those parts were hammed up, I, I guess you're right about that last scene. Um, I, I definitely like, liked it throughout the film and um, the, uh, it, it did for, a lot of it very much felt like uh, you were watching like a really cool music video or something. Uh, and so that, that was neat. And I, I thought the characters were well portrayed. Cinematography was pretty cool. Everything felt production wise like a step up from the first one. Uh, and, and I appreciated that overall. Um, but yeah, this the story was interesting. So I, it did feel like two almost disjointed stories. first one being about like attacking this family, second story being about like them getting attacked by a sheriff. Um, did you get that sense at all?
0: yeah, i I think what was wrong with the story in in my mind was that that hotel scene was a good chunk of time and it wasn't necess- like it didn't move the story forward at all. Mm-hmm. Like, you could have completely removed it from the movie and still everything would have made perfect sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's
0: true. Um, though,
1: though I, I don't know, I almost feel like that motel scene could have been its own movie, too, because like that's kind of more the traditional horror format is people getting attacked and tortured in a in a hotel.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and I'm not necessarily like saying it should be taken out, but I just feel like one of my beefs about these both of these movies which I like both of them but Mm -hmm. I don't think Rob Zombie is great at telling a story yeah like (laughs) yeah House of a Thousand Corpses didn't really have a a character arc I mean maybe a little bit I mean and neither did Texas Chainsaw really and that's like his inspiration yeah um I don't think these stories are great sure but I think he's a really good writer in terms of the dialogue yeah yeah I think so too Like there were a couple of lines that just, that got me, um, and they help you, they really define the characters. Like the 50, 50 thing was great. And then, uh, do you remember when Otis was taking those dudes out? I can't remember where they're going to find some guns he had dug up and stored somewhere or something.
1: and And like the desert.
0: Yeah. So one of the guys, he like puked as soon as they shot one of his buddies in the head. Right. And he was like teasing both of the guys about how attractive their spouses were which was yeah. disturbing but he was also like so does she like it when you puke is that like your thing <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. he just you know little stuff like that he he was funny
1: yeah i, I thought like the taunting that both him and uh, baby did it was like felt like very like genuine and original screenplay wise or, like, yeah and even
0: like the sheriff's like posturing yeah. and like uh vigilante justice rants and stuff that was that was good too
1: yeah, so would you say, like, uh, I you know, I agree with, like, the story arc, obviously, like, not much there, a little disjointed, like, some parts that don't really connect with the whole thing, but I, I feel like character and dialogue-wise, it, it felt a lot stronger.
0: I Yeah, I agree. I think this was a better written, more well-rounded movie than House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, yeah. I think the you. acting was great, too.
1: Yeah, I thought so, too. Um, yeah, it, I felt I like everyone played their character pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you feel like it was, like, scary at all?
0: Um, no. Disturbing, but not scary. How about you?
1: Yeah, I'd go with disturbing. But mostly, like, the motel scene. Because I, I guess, like, at the tor- after that, like, the disturbing part is maybe them getting tortured by the sheriff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, really, the hotel scene was the only really disturbing part of it to me. I felt like House yeah. of a Thousand Corpses was actually kind of scary. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this one more disturbing. It, it's almost like... Movies like this seem to me to only be called horror because they're so disturbing and violent. Right.
1: That's kind of the horror. F- yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Which is fair. I mean, it's horrifying. Yeah, it is.
1: It is. It's, it's pretty crazy. Um, and, and you know, I, 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 di- I don't know if you felt this, but um, I thought uh, some of uh, what bothered me about a House of a Thousand Corpses is, is like the family did come across as too jokey. Like, wasn't it like a dinner scene and stuff where they're just kind of uh, messing around um and kind of like goofing off together
0: yeah it was more outlandish maybe a bit less based in reality and I, yeah. I like that this one's a bit more gritty and real
1: yeah yeah i like that i almost feel like the camera work made it feel that way and there was like a grittiness of the film quality too
0: yeah yeah agreed um in the cinematography by the way same cinematographer as grindhouse that's another overlap oh interesting yeah that's pretty
1: cool hey um there was something in the first film uh the like at the end where like there's like a secret tunnel under the house and like there's a whole like room with like this other crazy creature right yeah that... yeah uh, I think no. we
0: can spoil the the first one if we're talking about a sequel dr oh, Satan
1: sure. yeah oh that was dr satan and and that person is in, in
0: this one right he's in some I scenes that I think were deleted oh okay okay um, yeah, I can't remember why they ended up deleting those. I can't remember if Zombie felt like it just didn't make sense in the story or if it was like some of the stuff that was causing, uh, NC-17 ratings and they dropped it because of that. I can't remember. Oh, okay. Okay. Sure. Uh, yeah. I think yeah, he ended not... up feeling like it didn't fit cause he felt like this was a more serious vibe of a movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I liked the, the vibe they took this time. I, it felt a lot more entertaining and engaging.
0: Yeah. Uh, why do you think Rob Zombie is polarizing?
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, kind of kind of watching his films, like, you can tell, like, uh, oh, I, I don't know. These are the only two films I've seen. But uh, based on these, like, I would just, like, think he like, loves, to, like, kind of highlight, like, um, you know, hillbillies, maybe, like, uh, not like the best of people. And, like, cause I don't know, like, uh, some of it's, like, just kind of hard to stomach and watch. And, like, uh, you, like, sit, like, watching these creatures or, like, these people for, like, two hours. Um, I don't know, maybe it's just like the characters he picks, but what do you think?
0: Yeah, I think maybe his characters are unappealing, like on both sides, the good characters and the bad characters. Yeah. Um, Not necessarily unappealing to me all around, but I could see how somebody might think that. Sure. I also think like a large part of it is like, at least with these two movies, yeah, again, we're talking about Rob Zombie, like we really know shit. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) We've only seen two. We'll keep going. Yeah. But, um... But... It's like if you're not on board with these villains or don't like the way they're portrayed by these actors, then that's it. That's yeah. That's it for you. You're not going to like these movies at all. Right,
1: right. Yeah, I think that's what made me hate the the first one is like, yeah, Captain Spaulding is kind of kind of a gross creature or a good yeah. character,
0: right? A <laughs> <laughs> creature. Yeah, did you I hate mean, that's the a, first one?
1: I don't think I liked the first one, did I? I can't remember,
0: man. I feel like maybe you gave it a three, but I'm not sure.
1: Okay. Yeah, I had. I I just feel like he uh, he's not like very appealing, and like the family, like yeah, they they're just a little too trashy for me to to get behind. But in in this setting, I thought they're a little more tolerable. Um, but I I don't know. Like uh, what what else? Like in the first one, like wasn't there like a lot of editing issues where he like kept putting these like snippets in that didn't really need to be there?
0: Yeah, the first one was a little wild in that sense. Like he was just doing whatever he wanted to do, throwing stuff at the wall to see what sick and it yeah. very much felt like influence of music video directing. Like there were non sequiturs and clips of a horror host on TV that had nothing to do with anything. Right. Um, yeah. yeah like negative, negative images that, you know, sequences of like baby in a basement, like kissing dead bodies. Right. Yeah.
1: Just like random stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: I'm, I'm glad that that was all cut, like not, not, a part of the sequel or anything.
0: Yeah. Like this anything. one was definitely more focused. Yeah, yeah, I feel more cohesive. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah, um, watching that one, it, it felt like he's just, like, this guy that likes to, like, uh, oh, this looks co- really cool, I'm going to throw it in, and, like, not really, like, thinking, like, from a cohesive or, like, a holistic standpoint. I think
0: that can still be the case a little bit to me in this one. Like, the whole hotel scene, my note on that was, like, it feels like Zombie gets a scene in his head that he wants to put on screen, and he doesn't. Yeah. It. it may not fit in that much with the story, or he doesn't necessarily... Make the effort to even make it part of the larger story. It's yeah. not like it's out of character with the story, but it's just like, I don't know yeah. why it's there. You could make a more complex, richer, <laughs> nuanced movie if it was all woven together a bit better. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it, it is what it is, but.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right. Maybe he's more like good, good of like a, he's like a great like scene director. He can like put together like great visuals and great scenes, but like you can't tie them together very well. And that kind of explains the last like Freebird montage that goes on forever in slow motion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to see more of his stuff and see how it develops. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm warming up to him a little bit. All right. But, well, that leads us to uh, this next question then. Zero to five severed faces on faces. What do you give this? Uh, you know, it was, it
1: was entertaining. I'm at somewhere between a three and a half and a four. Severed Faces on Faces, um, but I, yeah, you know, I, I think I'll go with a three and a half. Severed Faces on Faces, uh, just because great visuals, great scenes, uh, good acting, good story. Or sorry, not not a great, uh, kind of a disjointed
0: story, but otherwise pretty cool. What about you? You know, I was between a three and a three and a half. Um, mm-hmm. My note after watching it was there were moments where it bordered on three point five, but I felt it was overall a three. Yeah. But since I've watched it, I've kind of thought more about it and just like it's a movie that's kind of stuck in my head. Yeah. And I do think there's something just magnetic about those three villains. Um, (laughs) I don't always like the story. I don't always like what they're doing on screen. But the fact that I've like listened to the soundtrack multiple times and thought more about the movie, I'll bump it up to the 3.5 as well. Damn. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. It's It's a soundtrack we're checking out yeah I think so it's it's not cool. you know it's southern rock it's not my favorite genre of music but mm-hmm. it kind of puts you back in the vibe of the movie that's awesome you cool, can kind of that. picture the movie you wanted it to be <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's <a Mid-Karen> movie.
0: <laughs> yeah and I mean you know I've yeah. I, given this a 3.5 I, I feel like I'm crapping on it a bit but I also just feel like it could have been could have been yeah. more than it was and I wanted it to be more than it was and I think the 3.5 is coming from those moments where it was what I wanted it to be sure yeah um you know I feel like the hotel scene is, is something that is you know very horror it's very Rob Zombie it's not really something I cared to be a part of this movie but I understand why I was I guess yeah
1: yeah that's that's what I'm saying I, yeah, I mean for me I, I thought that was kind of like the the highlight of the movie that that scene because uh, that's like when it actually got really disturbing and scary like uh i don't know if you if took it out like what would you be left with just like these guys on the run and the sheriff hunting them down basically
0: yeah i guess i was kind of into the just the outlaw vibe of it all but you're right it, yeah. this wouldn't be a horror movie if not for that scene probably
1: yeah yeah but yeah that scene was like a complete detour uh because yeah. yeah it really talks about it uh throughout the rest yeah. of the film
0: and it is tense too i i don't mean to diminish it
1: yeah <laughs> uh would you ever consider fucking a chicken
0: after that conversation? <laughs> <laughs> that was funny.
1: There's, yeah. there's was some good dialogue. Uh, surprisingly, like that part, the 2D fucking uh, fruity.
0: <laughs> yeah. They want the ice cream. Uh, yeah. There's yeah, moments like that where I'm like, I can totally see how people fall in love with this movie and just like become very affectionate towards those three.
1: Yeah. I know as like despicable as they are there. It's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. They've got their charms. Yeah, yeah, totally. And their butts. Oh,
1: and and the butts, yeah. Uh, And then, uh, remember that whole, like, Elvis, uh, Groucho, the Marx Brothers scene, where they bring in, like, a a film uh, critic?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) What was that?
0: (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I feel like maybe there's a bit of, like, a Rob Zombie, like, making redneck horror movies and, like, frowning upon, like, film elitism a little bit there in that scene. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Cause the film critic is like all s- s- snobbish and everything. And I think he insults Elvis at one point, Elvis yeah. at one point and the sheriff's like, if you insult Elvis in my presence again, like you're going to regret it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was so random though. But, yeah. yeah that, was, that was a fun, funny dialogue bit. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. Anything else? 3.5 is all around. Three point fives all around. Uh, and good, good butts. They're good. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about sequels really quick oh yeah sure sure did you have a favorite sequel of our sequels that we saw this month
0: man i can't even remember what we watched now let's see it was what creep 2 texas chainsaw 2 28 weeks later yep this
1: Uh, this is one other one right oh exorcist 3 right oh exorcist 3 that might be my favorite one exorcist 3 yeah nice nice um, I'm going to have to go with, the uh, the only one that we saw that had Imogen in it. So 28 days later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also good. Or 28 weeks. Yeah. Uh, what about the worst one? What do you, what do you think the worst was of the bunch? Texas Chainsaw 2 was very disappointing for me. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm with you. Yeah. That was probably the low points. That which, was
0: the one I was the most excited to see coming into this. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Other um, than that, I feel like we gave them all like a three to four range.
1: Yeah. I'm surprised. it was, it was a month of like decent sequels. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think maybe we like started the month on like such a low bar with Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two that it made all the other ones seem like way better?
0: <laughs> no, I think they're just good movies, and I think yeah. some of them too. We kind of surprised ourselves. I didn't see us watching some of those, and yeah, um, and yeah, I didn't really expect to like this movie, but you know, yeah, yeah, same.
1: Hey, did you, uh, on on this one, one last thing. Did did you feel like, so Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the first one's very serious. The second one, um, gets a bit clowny. I almost feel like he did the reverse with this one where like the first one was more clowny and then this, the second one was felt like more serious and grittier. It's almost like he reversed that formula.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I'm excited to see what the third one's like. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Next, next September.
0: Yeah. Sounds good, man. All right. All right, everybody. Well, that is our episode on The Devil's Rejects. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, feel free to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We're trying to get to a 100 reviews and and or ratings by the end of the year. So if you can help us get there, that would be great. I think we're at 93. Um, You can find us at HorrorMovieClub.com. There are links to our Facebook, our Twitter and our Discord server Where you can come hang out and chat with us And other listeners and movie fans uh, It's always a great time on there Good chats happening Our art, our cover art Is done by Amy May Popart You can check her out on Etsy.com by searching Amy May Popart, all one word uh, We have a Patreon page If you want to support the show financially Patreon.com slash Horror Movie Club Apologize for the delays in content there My life has gotten A lot more busy in the past few months so we're just trying to hang on to one episode a week for right now but hopefully we'll get more content up there soon until next time don't do any sort of road trip in the south in the 70s uh if you don't end up dead you'll probably end up with a face on your face (laughs) face to face face to face